you know, I was thinking about in 97, I was passing this little church in Henderson. You know, I, the first people I preached to <laughs> was some little kids down the street. <laughs> I'll never forget that. And it was all eager, man. It was coming to church, amen. A lot of them are growing up right now. But you know what? I, I'm going to believe that what they heard, it's going to come back. Amen? Amen? Nothing done in the Holy Ghost, nothing done in the Lord is, 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 is vain. Amen? Hallelujah. God is a good God, and he loves us. And he makes sure that we're serving him with a sure heart and a, a, a faithful heart. Hallelujah. Lord, I just want to call this message this morning. I'm secure in Jesus. Amen. I'm secure in Jesus. The promise that God gave us in his word that he would save us. Uh, a lot of people would take, take offense to, to this, this message I'm going to share this morning because you know why? See, doctrinal people and denominational people have slaughtered this word so much it's unreal. What I mean by that, they'll take away from it. And they'll, they'll build their own doctrine and their own gospel. And you know what? The danger of false doc, doctrines is that a lot of it takes people out of the fear of God. It takes people away from faith. Now, as a Christian, as a minister, as a pastor, my main goal in this church is to teach you to believe God. All right? How many have heard me say that before? Teach you to believe. I'm going to get it a little. I'm trying. I'm trying to squeeze it on my ear. Uh, to teach you to trust the Lord. That is the main reason I'm here this morning. That's the main reason why this church is here this morning. Because God is calling those that trust him and believe him to serve him with all their heart. The other day, I was, I was thinking about some stuff. And, you know, the cross which I do a lot of, think about. You know, I see so many Christians. It might not be you, okay? It might be. I don't know. It was me. I hadn't put my complete trust in what Jesus did at Calvary. And you know why? It's because I was looking for some way to help him. Some way to, to, to help him save me. And I found myself going over and over. I was always going back to the altar for the same thing. I was always going back to God, asking God for something to forgive me that he doesn't forgive me of. And I found myself doing that. And, you know, I, and I, lost, I was losing trust in what he did at Calvary. Don't get me wrong. Going to the cross, going to the altar, that's repenting of sin. That's not what I'm, it's where we place our trust. Are you completely confident that the Bible, I mean the cross, and what Jesus did at Calvary was enough? Yes. Are you secure in that? Yes, Lord. Are you, do you have faith that when you die, you're going to go to heaven because of what Jesus done? Yes, Lord. How secure are you in that? Is your faith built all in what Jesus did? I want to show you something this morning. And... The reason why I'm preaching this is because I believe in eternal security, not unconditional security. Now, I'm going to show you what I mean. While I'm a Christian, while I'm a believer, 
What I possess in God is the strength I need to walk with him. You understand that? So I got I can't look at God's grace and say, well, I'm, I'm saved today and lost tomorrow. <laughs> I was thinking about that while I was praying because this morning I, I, was, I was leaning in my spirit. I was telling Janice, you know, about, about trusting the Lord, about, you know, how, how, how faithful are we in Christ? How, how much do we trust him when he did at Calvary? What's that scripture I was using this morning? I was trying to share that with you. It slipped my mind. Anyway, I'm going to come back to it. <laughs> well, yeah. And you know what? Personally, I have to weigh it out between me and God. You know, I'm going to have to fix that. <laughs> Don't worry, little. I, I got it. That's fine. I'm going to hold it. That's fine. I'm gonna, we're going to take care of it. Uh, I got to weigh it out. <laughs> In the spirit, what do I believe? Can I, do I really believe that Jesus dying on the cross was enough? Why am I so fearful? Why am I confused? Why, why when, when things go wrong, I don't have a peace in my life? I'm talking about, you know, as I as walk with God. Now, I've, I sat the other night in the back over there. I told my mama and Janice, I said, you know what? I feel a peace. I, was, I, I didn't feel like, no. I mean, the world could have fell down around me. I had a peace. And I'm sitting back there, and, I, and you know, you, you talk about peace. You talk about, you know, joy. You talk about, you know, all these things. And, but to experience that, to know that in your heart you have peace with God. It was such a wonderful feeling because I go through a lot of stuff. We pastor this church and, and we have our business and we, you know, we always, you know, me and Jance a lot of times on the phone talking to people, you know, and people are, people are sick right now. People are confused. People, people don't want to come to church. They're scared. And I'm not judging them for that. Seriously, I'm not. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is that how cautious, how confident are we in the sacrifice? How secure are we in Jesus? Okay. Y'all up this morning? <laughs> okay. Turn with me to Romans. Chapter 8, verse 38. I got that one right, even. <laughs> How secure are you in Jesus? What does that mean? Secure means to be, to be, to be, uh, Comf- not comfortable. And the word I want to use is, is to be protected, to, 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 to be embraced. And, or, 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 and I don't know exactly. Secure is secure. It means you, you, have a, you have a certainty about it. You know, you look at your life and you, you say, well, I'm going to heaven. Well, wait a minute. How, how do I know that I'm going to heaven? How do I know that my heart is right? Just believing in Jesus, is that enough? I had a little preacher I was talking to, and he, he's an uh, Acts 2.38 preacher where he says, you know, if you, you, know, if you, if you, if you confess your sins, not that, uh, he, he believes in baptism. You know what I'm saying? He believes that, that, you know, as Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus for your remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the scripture I'm thinking of. And I, I was talking to him, 
And I said, I believe Jesus is enough. I believe what he did at the cross. And he told me, I said, I don't believe it's enough. Oh. And you know what? I started explaining to him that there's no way dumping water over somebody can wash your sins away. It's symbolic. It's symbolic of the death and burial and resurrection. So that's what happens in baptism. You go into that watery grave and you come up a brand new creature in Christ. You're, you're doing what Jesus told you to do. It's symbolically burying your old man and coming up as Christ rose from the dead. And you know what he told me? I don't believe water saves you. I said, well, that's what I've been telling you. And he got real frustrated. He got real angry. Because it kind of pierced through him and said, yeah, I do believe water saves. You know, yeah, he's sitting there and he's admitting the cross is not enough. But he realized that he don't put his faith in the cross. He puts it in Acts 2.38. If you confess with your mouth. No, I'm thinking of that. <laughs> you know, if you repent and be baptized for the remission of sins, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's his gospel. Acts 2.38. Well, that's wonderful and that's, that's good. But that's not. Salvation. It's a symbol. It's a very powerful symbol. Symbolic of the death and burial and resurrection. I told him, I said, you know what? That whole Acts 2.38 thing, that's symbolic of the cross. <laughs> of the thing that he's not putting his true confidence in. So if you want to quote Acts 2.38, it's the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. A shadow of what Jesus done on the cross. How are you going to sit there and say, the cross is not enough? And it's bad. He, he leads a church. He pastors people. It says here in verse 38, I'm persuaded neither death nor life. That's the scriptures I told Janice this morning. Nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depths, nor any other creature uh, create in creation, created things, or, uh, shall be able to separate you from the love of God. Now, if we stop there and we say, well, look at that, no matter what I do, no matter who comes against me, no matter what, what kind of life I live, I can't be separated from the love of God. You, you got you to read it the rest of the way. <laughs> Because my Bible says in the book of Isaiah that your sins have separated you from your God. Well, he said here, nothing can separate. Listen, as long as you're in the will of God and as long as you're serving the Lord, nothing will take that love from you, okay? I believe that eternal security is based upon what you do with God. Where you live your life. Now, the strength of salvation is, is, is not, like I said earlier, you save the day and lost tomorrow. Listen, a person decides to stray away from God, he's not getting away that easy. Because I don't believe God can say, well, let him go. That's what he wants. I believe God deals with his children. I believe God tugs on their heart. I believe God works in their lives. It might take them to the point where they, 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 they have nothing left but to call on Jesus. Everything they put their faith in is dead. Everything they try to draw comfort from is dead. Listen, I had a lot of arguments about the law, you know, all of that. The law is good and holy and just. 
But when I need comfort, I don't tell the law to put its arm around me. The law condemns me. The law tells me that I'm sinning and there's judgment set for me. I can't look for the law to put its arm around me. I can't look for the law to comfort me because the law is dead. It, it causes death. Now, don't get me wrong. People are going to get mad at me. The Ten Commandments are holy and just. And if you're not following the law, the law of God, you never got born again to start off with. Now, now I'm, I'm not saying the law is not salvation. The law is a schoolmaster. It leads you to Jesus. Not the problem with the law. It's the problem with us. The law tells you all, thou shall not commit adultery. Thou shall not take them. And I'm just going... Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image of any likeness of anything that's on the earth, that's on the, uh, 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 on the, uh, on the heavens, or on the, on the earth, or on the waters. You're not going to make it an image or an idol. That's still God's law, okay? It's a warning. Well, the thing is that those things are not ten opinions. They're ten commandments. Not what God thinks you ought to do. He says, thus said the Lord. Thus said the Lord is still in the Bible. But my security is not in the law. <laughs> as wonderful as that is, baptism is wonderful. But my security is not in baptism. The Lord's Supper, all the things that we do as Christians are wonderful. Even reading your Bible. Even praying. If there is no security in your faith. Hear what I'm saying? If there's no surety of your faith. And what you believe, all of that won't mean much. Because you got to know, Paul said, whom I believe. You got to understand that faith <laughs> is the key that unlocks God's power in your life. You choose today to walk away from God. Some of you might say, well, I'm not hoping none of you, but you might, you might make a decision. I don't want to serve God no more. I'm going to go my way. You're not getting away that easy. Because believe me, you walk away from God. There's another thing coming. It's called the devil. And God's going to let him do what he has to do. Because you, unless you see what you're leaving, you're never going to come back. You get what I'm saying? A little saying that I told Janice this morning. You remember Lot's wife. God went in there to get her out. He said, don't you look back. <laughs> she walked out of the city with, her, with Lot and her, his two daughters. And after a while, she turned back. What, what, what was she looking back for? She liked that life. Sodom was nothing but perverted. Sodom was ungodly. Full of homosexuals and, and idolatry. But her heart had got fixed on that stuff. She, she looked back because she's, she's looked back to see what she, was, what she loved. Amen? She looked back to see what, what she, what, 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 where her heart was there. See? She, she, she left, but she, her heart was there. And the Bible said God turned her to a pillar of salt. Listen, I got nothing in that world I'm missing right now. I can't see going back. That's me, okay? Because there's no security in what, we, what we're seeing today. 
There's no hope in what we've seen today. I've never seen so much hate and division in a country like we see today. I never saw it. I mean, I, I, I saw it, but not in, in, not, in, not in the intense that we see it today. God's people are getting caught up right in it. They're getting caught up right in it. And they're scared and they're nervous and they're, they're not sure. There's no security in their life. What would the devil's going to take all the churches and blow them all up to hell? <clears throat> Come on. Without a certain man or a certain woman in office, we, we can't preach the gospel. Who about let preach the gospel? They were preaching the gospel on the, on the Nero, the Roman emperor, being thrown the lions, and the church grew. <laughs> God don't need a president to make sure the gospel goes for it. Might use him maybe, but he don't need it. God's word is never going to return void. It's still settled in heaven. It's not going to change. What are you securing this morning? I hope I can bring this out the way the Lord showed me. I have to rest in nothing but Jesus Christ and crucified. I got I to I try my best to focus on Jesus. I used a scripture the other night where I said, perfect peace is upon those that's minds upon Jesus. We have to fix our minds on Christ this morning. We've got to fix our minds on Jesus. Our security is not in man. It's not in a preacher. Not even in the church. It's in Christ. And him only is there's a hope of salvation. There's no other security in anything else. Listen, I thank God that he gives us a good church. Thank God he gives us, a, uh, gives us you know, things that, that we need to be strengthened. But your security can't be here. Listen, most preachers wouldn't say that, but I'm going to tell you that. Your security can't be in this building. It has to be in the Lord. This is a place where we come to find refuge. We come to, you know what I'm saying? Be edified and to grow. To serve the Lord together as a body. And you know what? We can't, we can't ignore that. that. The Bible said don't forsake the assembling of yourself together as the man or some are. We, the more souls we see the Lord coming, we're to gather together. To encourage each other in the Lord. I wish to God... I can wave a wand and everything would go good for you. <laughs> and you know what? I wish, you know, let's, listen, it'd be so much easier. Let me just wave my wand and y'all go home and y'all all right. No, come on, be for real. <laughs> I tell people all the day, he says, you ain't going to go to heaven by shaking my hand. You soon shake a donkey's tail. That's about what is the mountain. <laughs> it's not going to happen in me. I'm only the messenger. My, the security is not in me or this church. And don't get me wrong. You need to be in church. People say, well, I don't have to go to church. No, that's not what I'm saying. Save people want to go to church. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Save people want to hear the gospel. Save people want to worship with other believers. That's, what's gonna, that, that, that's what happens with saved people. Yeah. The church is a healing house for the spiritual sick. It is a healing house for those that are searching for a closer walk with God. It's a place where you can find refuge. The church is one of the most powerful tools God ever used to strengthen his people. 
But it's not going to save you. The only one who can do that is Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. <laughs> I might start preaching, preaching myself happy after a while. Amen. Now, if you turn to John chapter 10, I want to show you something. God is good. Amen. We're going to have to fix this a little. Or tape this or something. <laughs> this thing is, no, it's, it's my ear. I think I'm, I, I'm, I'm made different. <laughs> uh, or some tape or duct tape or something. I might look stupid, but it'll stay on. <laughs> All righty. I like this verse because John chapter 10, the chapter, the set, John chapter 10 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. One of them. Uh, I like to relate John chapter 10 to Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil, for the Lord God is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. Come on, somebody. And you know, you know, you're talking about the, the, the ministry of a shepherd. And I didn't preach, I'm not preaching that today. But the ministry of the shepherd is to watch over the sheep. When they're going through trials. And that verse that says, still water, when he starts to talk about, you know, if you see water not moving, it's deep. And if a sheep goes and he drinks and he falls in with all that wool, he'll drown. Come on, somebody. And what happens is that when the sheep, if the sheep, if the shepherd's there and he falls in, the shepherd can pull him out or warns him. Listen, this is, this is deep. Get your drink of water. Do what you got to do and, and don't fall in. <laughs> I remember I preached a message some time ago. The Lord is my shepherd. A lady came back. She said, I can see that all in my head. <laughs> I said, I'm just a dumb sheep. <laughs> I tell people that all the time. A sheep, if he falls on his back, he's he going to die there. He can't get himself back on. Somebody has to put him back on his feet. Why in the world God didn't call us a bear or a lion or something with some power or might? Just some dumb sheep. But the sheep have to hear the voice of the shepherd. The sheep have to hear when he calls. See, as long as the sheep are in the fold or the corral, there's, there's security. <laughs> you know, I know some people, dear people, they say, well, once you save, you never can lose, no matter what you do. That's a lie. Because if you're not in his fold, if you're not in his corral, if you're not corralled up with the shepherd, you're outside of the protection of the shepherd. Yeah. And if you're out, out of sight of the shepherd, the wolves are out there waiting for you. So I have to know that I'm, I'm, I'm comforted and secure with the, she, the shepherd. Let me read this to you because it's important, okay? My sheep hear my voice. Chapter 10, verse uh, 27. My sheep Hear my voice. Do you know the voice of God? Amen. Come on, somebody. Do you, do you hear the voice of God? What is the voice of God? Kevin, when, when you're doing something you know God don't want you to do, and he says, Kevin, 
That's sin. And I'm just picking on Kevin, but all of us. And he says, if you do that, you're going to pay a price. That's the voice of God. Listen, don't go in gray somewhere else. Just because it looks green over there, there might be a cesspool underneath it. So God is warning you as he, as he leads us to listen for his voice. I know the voice of God. This morning I was praying, I, I knew he was speaking. Amen. I knew he was telling me, Yvette, to trust me, son. You are secure in me. As long as you're, you're, you're serving me, you are secure. Don't worry about what the devil can do to you. Don't worry about the principalities, powers that come against you. As long as you are in Christ, he has a promise and a hope that you're secure. Okay? So by that, we know that God is not going to leave us nor forsake us. I told a brother that the other day. You know what the Bible says when he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. If God be for us, who can be against us? If God is on your side, who can defeat you? Christians go through a lot of stuff. They go through sicknesses. They go through financial problems. They go through a lot of things. But I'm going to tell you something, and it's just me, okay? What I've experienced. A lot of my problems because I brought it on myself. Because God spoke to me, Lanny, don't do that. I remember I went to borrow some money for my business one time. I said that, I'm going to say it again. And God said, don't do it. I disobeyed him, Kevin. I went and did it. I was miserable. Seriously, I'm, I, I tell you, I was miserable for three weeks, man. It was just like, Lord, I didn't know what to do with myself. God, listen, if I can't believe the Father, when he tells me I, I'll supply all your needs according to my riches in glory, then what kind of faith do I have? God is telling me, you're secure in me. And that's just salvation. That, that is whatever the Father provides for his children. It could be a financial problem it could be a, a marital problem it could be whatever you're dealing with praise God as long as you're securing the Lord he's on your side <laughs> so I got to learn to be trust completely in what he did at Calvary and put my security in whatever he promised in his book are you secure in the Lord are you completely certain without a doubt that Jesus Christ is your savior and your protector when you go through something, do you doubt? Don't lie. I do doubt too. <laughs> but you know why sometimes we doubt? Because we get our eyes off of what he done already. Because I'm secure. There's promises, not only salvation, but there's healing in the blood. Come on, somebody. There, there, is, there is victory in the blood. Listen, we need to get back to preaching the blood. Hallelujah. There's power in the blood. It's just, listen, I've seen so many things happen in my life. And with that, if it wouldn't have been for Jesus, I don't know where I'd be today. If it wouldn't have been the, kind, the faith that I put in the Lord, I don't know where I'd be. I'd probably be dead. Because I need that blood. I need the promise of uh, uh, my security in Christ. I need to know that he loves me. He says here, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. <laughs> I like that. I could preach on that. God knows you. He knows you by name. He knows the law and autumn, and he knows the Lord. He knows Yvette, he knows all of y'all, mom and my mama and Kevin, all of us. He knows our, our name. I know them. And they what? Follow me. There's the key right there. They follow 
me. They follow me. The sheep hear my voice and they, they obey and they follow me. Who are you going to follow? Don't follow me because I'm a, listen, you, you come around me one day, you're going to find I ain't perfect. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hi, Janice. All right. <laughs> I give them eternal life. What, what does he give us? You know what that means? Never see death. You might die physically, but in glory, you'll be with the Father forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And that's just the beginning. <laughs> that's only the beginning. When the winds of time are going to flatten every mouth in the, in the world, eternity just began. Think about that. Whether the rapture happens or you die first, just imagine stepping into eternal life. <laughs> oh, look, never ever to see sickness again, never to age again, never to have depression and discouragement and defeat again. Everything will be set up for you forever and ever and ever. Oh, you sound like you're preaching a fairy tale. No, I'm not. Hallelujah. My Bible says eternal life with who? With Jesus. He says he's overcome the world. And Greg, come on, somebody. We have to believe that. We are secure in him. Hallelujah. Nothing will be ever the same ever again. Ever. Eternal peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Eternal joy. Yvette, you can run 100 years and not even get tired. <laughs> Yvette likes to run. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know what? You can, you, 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 listen. Huh? <laughs> listen, this, that ain't nothing like it. Oh, my God. Singing and rejoicing and Spirit of God moving every second of eternity. Hallelujah. Oh, man. Let's go right now. <laughs> what a joy. That will be when my Savior I will see. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. What a joy that will be when my Savior I will see. We need to get ready, praise God. You have a certainty, a security that Jesus, if you're born again this morning, you're going to meet Jesus. Amen. If you're born again this morning, you're going to have life eternal with him. Never to see sickness. Never to see death. Never to see destruction again. It's eternity with joy and peace. Oh, man. Oh, Jesus. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but that makes me kind of happy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, there ain't going to be no corona in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. There ain't going to be no bills in heaven. There won't be no debt, no sickness in heaven. Amen. Uh, listen, eternity with Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Never, never, never to have sorrow again. What a wonderful thing that's going to be. Hallelujah. Man, I don't know about you, but I could preach. Uh, listen, I'll, I'll preach myself happy. If you don't want it, I'll take it, praise God. If you don't want eternity, you don't want that security in Christ, I'll take it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, he said, I'm a sheep, hear my voice. And they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Uh, <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> they sh listen, neither shall any, any snatch them out of my hand. <laughs> They'll never perish. Nobody will snatch them out of as long as you're in the fold, as long as you're in the, in the security of, of the sheepfold. As long as you're with the shepherd, nobody can snatch him out of your hand. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Nobody, Yvette. Nobody's going to take your life. Nobody's going to take your salvation. 
Amen. As long as you put your security in him, praise God, and what he did at Calvary. There's no defeat, praise God. You're going to make it. You're going to be with the Lord, praise God. Listen, this, this little life we're living right here is only a, 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 a wind passing, praise God, next to eternity. Life on this earth is going to end one day. If the rapture don't happen, you're going to die one day. But next to eternity, did that just a snap of a of, of finger to what you're going to have with God? Never to see death. Never. He says, my, he says, my father who has given them to me, talking about Jesus, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch him out of my father's hand. I want you to turn with me. I'm going to look him up. Uh, first John. No, I'm just, yeah, First John, chapter 2, verse 15. And I wrote it down this morning because I want to read it. First John. God is a good God, amen. You remember I said a minute ago, there is a condition. Amen. There is a condition, amen. Verse 15. John gives us a warning, all right? Now you see, John... Is writing this to the church. John is telling the church that, that life is in the light is in God. God is love, God is life. John is enjoy, enjoying a delightful fellowship with, the, with that God, that, that, that light of the Lord, love, life. God is light. God is love. God is life. God is light. God is love. And God is life. I'm going to say that again. God is light. God is love. And God is life. Okay? How can we maintain that in our lives? How can we maintain that light of God? That love of God and the life of God in us. Hallelujah. Verse 15 says, Love not the world, neither things are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in it. Now listen, that's a warning. If you find more pleasure in the things of this world than you do in God, you're in trouble. Uh-oh. If the world attracts you more than God's attracting you, you need to get right. Now, as Christians, I'm going to tell you what, I've been serving the Lord almost 40 years. And you know what? There's times I've drifted. I'll tell you what, there's times I've backslid. And you know what? And I'm going to shock you. Sometime I was in church. Because I got confidence of being here would make me right with God, and it didn't. Then, you know, I started, you know, I, I, I liked things of the world, and I was going to things of the world, and, and you know what? I wasn't in touch with the Lord. Do you love God this morning? You know how you know you love him? You love less the world. He says, love not the world, neither things in the world. If any man loves the world... 
Not in him. Now, your Bible says the same thing. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh. Now, I'm going to share something with you. This flesh never got born again. The spirit man got born again. I'm saying? The Bible says the flesh warred against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. When I wake up in the morning, I can feel that battle taking place. I have to make some decisions whether I'm going to obey God today or obey the devil. So when I get up in the morning, the battle takes place. And all I have to do is throw my hands up to Jesus. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust your word. I'm going to do what you say. How much easier would my walk with God be? Oh, well, I don't think there's nothing wrong with this little thing I'm doing, God. And I don't think a little here and a little there. It ain't too bad. After all, uh, other people are worse than me. You ever have that argument with God? You looked at other people's lives and say, I'm not as bad as that person. (laughs) But you know what? You're comparing your ungodly lust to their ungodly lust. Oh, <laughs> oh, wait, you want me to say that again? <laughs> You're comparing their ungodly, your ungodly lust to their ungodly lust. And looking for a reason why you can lust. And the lust don't just mean looking after a woman or another man. Lust means any desires of this world. It could be money. It could be, it could be a lot of things. It could, it could be, oh man, a job. It could be anything. It could be anything you, you placed above God. <laughs> we should have stayed home today. <laughs> oh, no. no, we wouldn't get that at home. Hallelujah. Lust of the eye, the lust of flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. Now, I'm going to tell you what I do every morning, and I'm not lying to you. Just about every morning, about 98% of the time, when I, when I, when I don't forget <laughs> I say, Lord, take away the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life away from me. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want nothing to do with the things of Satan. You might actually witness, the last couple of days, the TV has been off. I've been watching Christian movies. I don't want to know what the president's going through. I don't want to know. Listen, I I don't see nobody coming up with an answer. You know, it's the same stupid argument every time. You know, it's always the same cycle. I, hey, I tell you, I wish a president would get up and I pray to God. It might be even Biden even. Say, listen, we sinned against God. We need to repent of our ungodly for the murdering of these little babies we've been doing since 1973. For the sodomite, uh, protection of sodomite religion. And that's what it is. It's, it's a sodomite religion. Lust for the flesh. We've been pushing things and making things legal that is anti-God. Anti-God. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the product. Look and listen to our politicians. Look what they're promoting today. They want, to, they want it to be all right for a man to say he's a woman and be able to go in a woman's bathroom. You stop and think about that. Let me tell you something. My wife's in the bathroom and a man goes in there. I don't care what he looks like. Me and him, we're going to have a problem. He ain't going in the bathroom with my wife or my daughter. Some wicked, ungodly thing that wants to think he's a woman when he's a man. I think he's just doing that to get in the bathroom, to see, see something other than, than men. 
But anyway, I don't want to get off it now. I'm going to get off it in the flesh. <laughs> but it's where we're at as a nation. We're legalizing things that are ungodly. Well, God condemns it. God has nothing to do with it, okay? The lust of the eye, lust. And listen, I'm, I'm going to give you a word this morning. This is the only way you can be saved eternally, okay? The world passes the way. And the lust thereof. But he that does what? Will of God abide it forever. <laughs> For those that wasn't here Thursday night, I, I was talking about God's will. And when we don't understand God. And I know right now, as, as me and Janice have a will, there's four people in my family that's going to get everything we got, my four children. You know what? The only one that could change that will is me or Janice. And the only way that they will not get what we got is if me or her go write them off. Now, it takes a lot to write off my children. I hadn't done it yet. <laughs> and you know, when it comes to your child, you're patient, Right? Well, you know what? You don't justify sin in their life because when they, when, when they come in front of me with things that's not right, I'll tell them. But I still reach out a lot further than if I'd be reaching out for someone. I said, my child. Because they have everything I got. They have my heart. They have my grace. They have everything I can dish out to, to my child. Love, I mean, I, I, let's not die for any one of them in a heartbeat without even thinking about it. If it's them or me, let it be me, Lord. If it's going to give them a chance to get right with you, let it be me, God. Hallelujah. God has you in his will. So everything he got. <laughs> woo hoo a preach, boy. I tell you, everything he owns. It, <laughs> you got it, huh? Yeah. As long as we're doing, and I'm not saying you, you got to walk holy and, and think. Listen, I'm talking about, listen, the Bible says if we sin, we have an advocate with a father. that our sins will be forgiven us. That's a covenant. So God doesn't cast you off. He says, he says, he read. He said, you know what you've done is not, not right. But God, they, 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 you know how they are. I don't care. I remember one time I was on a, on a, I was working for the highway department, yeah. And there was a man, boy. He hated me, and he was training me to run the motor grader. And look, <laughs> and you know what? I went to him. I said, you know what? I said, God's gonna help me. He said, God ain't gonna do it for you. <laughs> Why he was mad at him? Oh, listen, man. And I walked away from him, and I was angry at him. God said, you go, tell him you're sorry. <laughs> oh, one little guy the same way. One little guy could have broke him in half, man. I was trying to reach him, and, and look, he's just a little twig, man. I could have knocked the hell out of him if I wanted to. And he, I, I got mad. Listen, I got flesh too. <laughs> and you know what? I went to him, and boy, he got me mad. I went to him, boy, I chewed him out, man. God said, go tell him you're sorry. <laughs> 
You talk about have to swallow some pride. I went to him. I said, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. He said, I don't care. <laughs> I ain't doing it again, God. <laughs> I went. He did it again. And the guy said, go do it again. Oh, I told him I'm sorry once. But I had to go. And you know what? Let me share something that really happened to him. He got sick. My wife will tell you the truth. Kevin, he was dying. And I called him. You know what he told me, Pat? He said, I never met those things I said. I need to change my life. What if I'd have just left it? Yeah. Probably in heaven today. <laughs> because we obey God. It might not make no sense to you, seriously. There's something about the Holy Spirit in you that, that leads you strange sometimes. It don't seem like it makes sense, okay? The first question we're going to have is, when somebody does you something, he don't deserve forgiveness. <laughs> he deserves to get his behind tore up. Huh? No. But you know, you, and, and you know what? You're kind of glad he's getting beat up. <laughs> And destroy. But we need to check our own heart out. Because the Bible says God don't desire that no man go to hell. It's not, God don't take the pleasure and destruction of the wicked. No, he doesn't. He'd much rather them come to Jesus. And forgive them and give them grace. That's the God I serve you, y'all. That's the mercy. I don't understand it. Because a lot of time we're in the flesh. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. What if you get to heaven one day and there's somebody that, that you reached out to when you didn't want to? Hmm? And they come to you and they say, man, because you did that day and told me you were sorry and asked for my forgiveness, I got saved because I saw something different in you. So listen, it, it's not, listen, I don't know man I used to work with. I would drive a cement truck. I was out there. And uh, I was just on the radio. And I said, uh, I was telling him where I was at, where I was going. And that old man came, a dear friend of mine, man. He, we became good friends, an old black man. He came to my truck, and I never mentioned one word about Jesus. Not one word about God. I'm just talking on the radio. Let him know. And he came to me, you're a believer, aren't you? Thank God. That was a testimony, man. I said, me and him became good friends. We went preaching together, me and him. It was wonderful because that light will shine through that microphone, Kevin. <laughs> that light will shine through that phone. That light will shine through your everyday walk with God. Because if they see you secure and at peace, they see you loving God and strong in your faith and confident in your faith, they're going to want it. I've had it happen a couple of times. Because I tell people when I start sharing Jesus, I let them know I love him. <laughs> That's the very first thing they have to pick up. Man, this man is serious. He's serious about what he believes. He looks happy. He looks like he's got his life on the right track. That's a testimony of what Jesus done in my life. But he that do it the will of God, abide it forever. Let's stand up, praise God. I think this is a good message this morning. I, I, I need to know, which I do, that I'm saved. 
that I'm secure in the Lord, that he loves me, okay? You need to go back whenever you get a chance. Just, just examine your own heart. I, I'm not saying none of you are not saved. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I do it every day. I'm constantly checking my own feelings toward other people. Oh, seriously. And I ask myself, God, what do I want you to do to them? If, if, I say, if in, my, in my heart I say, well, why would she just smash them to the ground? My heart's not right. Because that's not what God wants to do. Jesus said he came to save that which is lost. You know what I'm saying? Remember when the disciples went to Jesus and he said, you want us to call fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Remember that part in that Bible? Jesus said, you know what kind of spirit you have. I didn't come to destroy man's life, but to save them. God's main goal is to save the souls of his creation. He wants to save men and women. He wants to save children. He wants to bring people to heaven with him. But if they see us and they don't see us secure, they won't want what you got. Amen? I want you to challenge your own heart. Take this week and check out yourself. I can't make you, you know, in just one little prayer. It has to be something you have to examine in your life. Am I secure in the Lord? If I die today, will I go to heaven? Will I, you know, am I sure that what Jesus did on the cross is enough? Are you secure? I don't know about you, but I am. I've made my mind up. I, I was ashamed of myself. I started seeing this, and I said, I told Janice this morning, here I am, serving the Lord 30-something years, and he, I'm just getting it now. I mean, I preach to people. My mom and Janice will tell you, I mean thousands of people. I've been witness the gospel to a lot of, so many people. And I ask myself, Lord, do I completely trust in your grace at the cross? Is, you know, am, I, am, I, am, I, am I secure? It's a shame, but I ask God this question, okay? Because I want to know. Today, I'm going to tell you I am secure in Jesus. I realize that I can't help God save me. You know, I just obey what he says to do. I'm going to go to heaven. I got to stay in his will, right? Amen. You don't want to write him. You don't want him writing you out of his will. You have to do his will. There's a lot of people. And I'm talking, I'm gonna, I want to go in the, the unsaved department because I see it happen already. People that have a lot of money, they don't leave their kids nothing. Jerry Lewis died what, a couple of years ago. He, he has all kind of money. He never leave, he leave his children one dollar. But that's miserable, man. I mean, there's no relationship. You know what I'm saying? There's no security in what man does. Me and Boog was watching a lot of these Hollywood movie stars that were dying. We, it's called Hollywood Graveyard. And it, I don't watch it for the, the history of it, but I, I find out a lot of them. They're dying in their 30s. They have all the money in the world. They have fame. They have everything they need. But yet they're hanging themselves. They're committing suicide. They don't pass a lot of times 50 years old. I surprised. I said, man, these people die young. Because they're, they're, they're trying to get something that can't bring peace. Yvette. There's a need in every human heart to, to, to have security. 
People want to know, how can I feel at peace? How can I feel like I've, uh, I've got my life together? And they go after drugs, and they go after sex, and they go after, they go after uh, fame, and they go after money, and they do all that stuff. And a lot of men are killing themselves. Because it's not in none of that stuff. Security is in Christ. There's only one peace, and that's Jesus. There's only one hope, and that's Jesus. Don't look to Madonna or, or, or Britney Spears or, or all them ladies that they don't know what they want to do with themselves. One of them was married for nine hours. Some of them married eight and nine times. I said, how in the heck you can, a woman can be married eight and nine husbands? Because there's, there's no peace. They're looking for something that only Christ could give them. And they keep searching and searching and searching. They get this husband. He don't meet, meet their needs. You get another husband. He don't meet their needs. You get another wife. He don't meet their needs. And on and on. And the cycle goes over and over and over again. I know I study that stuff for spiritual reasons. Because I see it. You know? They're looking for something only God can feel, even. Only God can feel. They're looking for some kind of security only God can give. Come on, somebody. There's only one peace. And there's only one security, and that's Jesus. Listen, you follow him, he'll bless you. He'll bless you with health. He'll bless you financially. He'll bless you. know, those things, are, that's only because he that first seek the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Listen, when you sow into this work, you're sowing into the work of God, not my work. Because <laughs> this ain't my church. It's his church. And my main goal right now that I felt the Lord told for this church is telling people to believe me. You're going to see some things happen if you believe him. You're going to see some things happen if you stand on his word. You're going to see something if you're willing to get secure in Christ. Amen? Bow your head for a minute. I want to ask you a question. Do you feel secure in the Lord? I'm not talking, let, 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 let everything else in your mind go away. You know, all of it. And you and God this morning, okay? Personal. Listen, I feel the whole. Do you feel secure in Christ? Are you sure? Before I started this message, I made up my mind that I was going to pray. Because there's people on the internet listening to us right now. And they don't know if they're secure. And I want to pray. With them. And I want to pray with you. That Jesus Christ could come into your life and, and secure you. I want to pray a simple prayer. You might be saved. I believe all of you, I think all of you are, I hope. But you might, you might not feel safe. You might not feel secure. You might feel like you're wavering, like the water going back and forth. You know what I'm saying? I want you all to pray with me. Dear God in heaven, forgive us for doubting you and doubting the cross. Father, we need your peace and your security in our lives. If we drifted away, forgive us, Lord. We give our lives to Jesus this morning. We repent of every sin that we've ever committed. In Jesus' name, right now, 
We trust you. We believe you. We believe the cross is the only peace and hope we need. In the name of Jesus, this day, I'm going to serve you. This day, I'm going to trust you. In Jesus' name. Take that this morning. Take that this morning and go with it. And remember, that's where it starts. Now, I'm not saying none of you are unsaved. Don't get me wrong. But I have to, we have to commit ourselves. I have to read. Sometimes I feel like God, God's a million miles off. And God actually, is it me, God? Sometimes it's not really. It's just God testing you. I'm saying? Just like, like I used to say a lot. It's like going to them old, them old uh, western uh, ghost towns. You know what I'm saying? They got the tumbleweeds going through there. And, and you know, they got a bank. They got a hospital. They got a doctor's office. But there's nobody there. <laughs> you ever feel like that? You're trying, you're, you're asking, but you're going to the ghost town. And sometimes God allows you to go through a ghost town to get you back on track. Amen? Listen, it's the most horrible thing when you can't hear God. <laughs> oh. oh, you try, you struggle, you say, God, why are you listening to me? And you know, and he'll give you one word, believe me. I'll listen. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't think that man's going to get anything from God. Amen.